Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor hello i'm kim and i'm ben welcome to today's podcast of if you really knew me a place for honest conversations about the enneagram to inspire better connections with others ourselves and god we are so glad you joined us we all have family and friends that we dearly love and we want what's best for them and that absolutely includes wanting them to know jesus and go to heaven someday But sometimes sharing our faith is difficult. Wouldn't you agree, Ben? Yes, it can seem like that task is too big for us, but it's not as difficult as we make it out to be sometimes. I agree. I agree. Recently, we had a friend ask us if we could talk about ways to share your faith with different Enneagram types. And this piqued our interest a lot. So we decided to dive in. So if you have family and friends and loved ones that you've been praying for to receive Christ as their Savior, you're going to want to stay tuned to this episode. Ben, what's a good place to start with sharing our faith? Well, we're going to give some information that is specific to someone's Enneagram type that you can use if you know their type. And we'll also give some tips if you don't know their type, as well as different ways to share the gospel. Awesome. Yes. So why don't we just dive in with type one? So when you are ministering to a type one, when you're sharing the gospel to a type one, there are some things to remember one's core fear is being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, or unredeemable. Mm. And their core desire is to have integrity and be balanced and virtuous. Um, Their weakness is they repress anger that leads to frustration with themselves, others, and the world. And their heart longs to hear that they are good. Oh, wow. So what we want to let them know is that only Christ can satisfy their core longing to know that they are good. Jesus' death on the cross paid for your past, present, and future sins. You have been credited with his righteousness, so you can trust this over your loud inner critic. You can extend the same grace, passion, and forgiveness to yourself and others that God has shown you. Take rest in God's sovereign care by surrendering, surrendering, by surrendering your irritations to him. Only he can perfect you, others, and the world. That's so good. And you know, ones are moral perfectionists. So as a perfectionist, they need to see that Christ not only wipes away their sin, but he also puts on them his perfection. So when God looks at them, he sees Christ's perfection, which is so awesome. I think this will help them live free so they can extend the same grace to others that sometimes they have a difficult time doing. That's right. Um, For a type two, two's core fear is being rejected or being thought of as worthless, needy, or unworthy of love. So let's say you're ministering to a type two. Mm -hmm. They fear being thought worthless. Yeah. So when you're ministering to them, what does God say about our worth? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we are worthy of his love because he said so. 
Mm-hmm. And that is the final say. <laughs> um, their core desire is being appreciated, loved, and wanted. Core weakness is de- denying their own needs while focusing on the needs of others. And the core longing is that you are wanted and loved. So when we minister to a type two Mm -hmm. and we tell them about the love that Christ has for them, we're going to make sure that we say about the worth that God um, says that we have in him. Um, That's going to speak directly to the heart of a type two. We need to let them know that only Christ can satisfy the core longing to hear that you are wanted and loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. In other words, all the other things that you may try is not, you're going to be looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus death on the cross proves that he wants you. You are valuable. He laid down his life for you. You can acknowledge and voice your needs and show kindness and care to others and yourself. Even Christ balanced self-care and loving others well. And so I just wanted to stop there because sometimes type twos can be so focused about others that they're not taking care of themselves as God would have them to do. Yeah. And type twos need to know that they're Christ's beloved child and... They don't need to earn anyone else's love and appreciation. Exactly. And as someone who's the helper and who's motivated by the need to love and to be loved and needed, they need to realize that Christ, like you said, he didn't only focus on others. He focused on himself. He took time. He stepped away when he needed to, to pray and get, get things right with himself and, um, and, and take care of himself. And they also need to understand that only Christ can give you that unconditional love that you long for. He loves you so much that he died for you to, to bring you to himself. And that's how much he wants you. He did all that because he wants you and he, he values you. So, so when you're talking to a two, make sure that they realize that, you know, and I want to just, um, look back at the type one just for a minute. Um, when you look at, see these, these core motivations drive us to do the things we do. Mm -hmm. And if we're not aware that this is how we operate, then, um, we we won't be able to choose the healthy side. So with a type one, the core fear of being wrong or inappropriate motivates them. Yeah. They don't want that. They, they're always striving to be as good as they can be. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they can just look around and see the things that are not good, um, exactly. that are not as they should be. And knowing that Christ is the only way to satisfy that longing and say that we are good, Mm -hmm. that type ones are good. Mm -hmm. So each of these that we're going through, those motivations will help you speak directly to the heart of who they are. Mm -hmm. So type three's core fear is being exposed or thought of as incompetent, Mm -hmm. inefficient, or not successful. Uh, If you know a type three, you know that they're always checking things off the list. We want Mm -hmm. to accomplish. We want Mm -hmm. to move forward. Uh, Core desire is having a high regard, respect, being admired, being successful and valuable. Mm -hmm. And the weakness of a type three, the core weakness is believing you're only the image that you portray. 
polished and successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the core longing is you are loved for being you apart from what you do. And I want to say sometimes the core longing isn't as so for a type two, it's very obvious the longing is you are wanted and loved. Mm-hmm. Um, for a type three, they may not be thinking like, well, I'm not thinking about am I loved apart from what I do. But if you no longer can do the things that you want to do and mm-hmm. check off your list, that doesn't change the fact that you're loved exactly. and your worth. So we need to let type threes know that only Christ can satisfy their core longing to hear you're loved for simply being you. Jesus' death on the cross accomplished what you could not, your salvation. You are loved unconditionally by God and no longer have to earn your value through accomplishments. God invites you to be honest, transparent, and genuine, trusting in his love for you without fearing what others will think. By knowing you already have Christ's perfect status, you can enjoy achieving your goals for God's glory and for the good of others. That's so good. And as someone who always strives to be successful or achieve things, a type three needs to know and realize that God loves them and cherishes them not for what they do, but because he loves their genuine, authentic self and how he created them. So stop trying to do to be loved. It just be. That's right. (laughs) Just be. That's right. Sometimes that doesn't make sense to us because this is how we've operated for years. Yeah, exactly. But this is what God says. So we need to we need to go toward that. A type four core fear is being inadequate, emotionally cut off, mundane, plain, defective. The core desire is being unique and special and authentic. Core weakness is feeling you're tragically flawed and others have what you lack. And a type four's heart longs to hear that you are seen and loved for who you are, Mm. special and unique. When we minister to a type four, we need to let them know only Christ can satisfy their core longing of being seen and loved for exactly who you are. You are special because of the unique way you reflect Christ's image. He sees you and delights in you and comes to your rescue with his great love. God completely understands, loves, and cherishes you for the masterpiece that you are. Nothing inside you is missing. You are complete and whole in Christ, and you can rest your emotions and identity in Christ, in being Christ's beloved child, knowing you belong to him. Your feelings fluctuate, but your identity in Christ will never change. I love that nothing inside you is missing. That is just a key, yeah. a key thing. And as, as a as a four or someone who's longing to be unique, they need to see that God created them in their mother's womb. He made them a masterpiece. And the God of the universe wanted them to be this special and unique and glorious person that he knit together. And they can rest in that assurance that Christ knows them better than they know themselves, which mm-hmm. is for someone that doesn't know Jesus at the four, that might be like, wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing. That's like, the piece yeah. that I'm truly missing so that then I'm not missing anything. Exactly. He fills, <laughs> it's the God-sized hole yeah. that becomes filled. That we all have. But yeah, that's pretty powerful. A type 5's core fear is being invaded, thought incapable, ignorant, depleted, and obligations placed on them. The core desire is being capable and competent. The core weakness is feeling too much interaction with others will deplete you. 
And a type five's heart longs to hear your needs are not a problem. Mm -hmm. When we're talking to a type five, we need to let them know only Christ can satisfy your core longing to hear that your needs are not a problem. Christ sees your needs and takes care of them. You don't have to worry that your resources will run out. Mm -hmm. Surrender to Christ and he will recharge you and replenish you with more satisfying energy. You can give your time and resources to others as a step of faith, trusting that Christ will provide for you because of his great love. Use your knowledge, perception, and insights to bless the world. And you don't have to be self-sufficient. God gave you community to support and care for you. Yes. And as someone who has a longing to, to not be a burden to others and is afraid of being depleted, just let that type five know that Christ can meet their deepest needs. He is the God of the universe and nothing is too big for him. Yes. You know, when I was um, just thinking about a more satisfying energy, mm-hmm. you know, type fives want, it's it's a measured amount of energy that they give to yes. things. And it's in hope to restore their need to have energy at all times. Exactly. And... Christ giving you a more satisfying energy. I thought I like the wording of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so true. Like better than they can give themselves. That's right. Like instead of them going somewhere by themselves and trying to store up their own energy, go ahead and share it with others, but let Christ be the one who satisfies mm-hmm. it and fills it. And don't be afraid that he can't because yes. he can. <laughs> and giving yourself to others as a step of faith. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because that we say a step of faith is a little bit outside your comfort zone. Yes. And it's not like that for every type, but for a five, when they give to community around them, it's like a step of faith. It is. Um, when you are knowing that God's going to fill, replenish you and refill you. I'm not going to be all used up. He's going to give it back to me. Right. So type six core fear is being without support or security, being targeted or abandoned. Their core desire is having security, guidance, and support. Their weakness is anxiety and planning for worst case scenarios and apprehension. Their heart longs to hear you are safe and secure. So it's important to let them know only Christ can satisfy your core longing that you are safe and secure. He is all powerful and you are safe in his care. God protects you and his wisdom and strength because he loves you. You're Mm -hmm. never alone. Give your fears, anxieties, and insecurities to the Lord, trusting in his sovereign power. You can confidently trust the Holy Spirit over your loud inner committee. And I wanted to stop there because we say type ones have an inner critic. Type sixes have an inner committee. So it is, well, what if I do this? Da, 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 da. Well, then I have to do this. Well, mm-hmm. I want to have I want to have that consensus. So it gets stuck in the analysis paralysis yeah. we've talked about. Yeah. So um, you can confidently trust the Holy Spirit over your loud inner committee. Mm-hmm. God, through his Holy Spirit, has given you the clarity, discernment, and courage you need to handle life's challenges and decisions. I love that. And as someone who needs to hear they are loved and secure, 
need you need to let the six know that no matter what they're concerned about in their minds, that Christ has conquered death. So we're always safe in his care. And God is big and strong and powerful and kind, and he's leading them. And nothing can separate them from the love of God, no matter what fears or committee they have going on in their Amen. head. Nothing's going to separate them from that. I think at this point we can take a, a short break. When we come back, we're going to chat about sharing your faith with types 7s, 8s, and 9s, and sharing your faith even when you don't know their Enneagram type. Do your kids love listening to great stories? It can be tough finding a kid's podcast which upholds your Christian values. Story Jumpers features exciting, entertaining stories by authors who write from a Christian worldview. Each episode is created with kids in mind. Audiobook clips are followed by a brief author interview your kids will find fascinating. This is a podcast for kids. Subscribe to Story Jumpers wherever you listen to podcasts. Story Jumpers is a member of the Bridge Podcast Network. Welcome back. We're excited to be with you today and talk about some ways that you can share your faith with different types of people in our lives. So we left off, we finished up with six. So Ben, we we need to start with type seven. How can we share our faith with them? Yes, type seven's core fear is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, or missing out. Core desire is being happy and fully satisfied and content. Their core weakness is having an insatiable desire to fill themselves up with experiences. And their core longing is that they will be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So it's important to let them know only Christ can satisfy the core longing that you will be taken care of. Jesus' death on the cross took care of all of your needs. You can rely on his provision. Complete satisfaction and contentment is yours in Jesus. His living water never runs dry. Mm. You can slow down, process your feelings, and give all of your anxieties to Christ. Look for God in your everyday experiences and savor him and the life he has given you. Yes, and as someone who has a deep inner reservoir that, that feels empty and they need to fill it up all the time, a seven needs to know that only Christ can fill that up. And you want to encourage them to come back to Christ because he's the spring of living water that can fill them up with satisfying things over anything else they're going to try. There's never an experience or never anything you can do that's going to fill you up more than Christ. So type eight's core fear is being weak, controlled, or vulnerable. And their core desire is protecting themselves and those in their inner circle. Their weakness is in desiring intensity, control, and power. And their core longing is you will not be betrayed. It's important to let them know only Christ can satisfy that core longing. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection demonstrated that though we are weak, he is strong and protective. Christ will never betray you. He will never forsake you. He is a true advocate who you can always trust. You can hang up your armor and get in touch with your gentler side, resting in God's power. Embrace generosity and mercy. You were created to use your strength to plow a path for others. I love that. And I love hang up your armor. Yeah. Like that is a, I, I had a visual when you said that because they, they're trying to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, and as someone who doesn't want to be betrayed, show us an eight that Christ was the most, he was the most betrayed. So he mm-hmm. understands. I mean, he did all of the things he did on our behalf. So show them that we are all weak. 
but he is the strong protector and they can come under him and know that they are protected. Christ will never betray them, even yep. though man will. That's right. Christ will not betray, betray can them. Can you imagine wearing an armor every day? No. In all of your situations, you are loaded with this armor yeah. and it's for protection, but that's heavy. Yeah. It's a burden to carry. Like that's a human armor that I see. Obviously, yes. we need to put on the full armor of God spiritually. Right. But the spiritual armor. But what you're talking about is just our own heavy right. things to protect ourselves, walls that we put up it's to our protect self, ourselves. Self-made armor. Yeah. Self-preservation. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you have to take our armor off to put on God's armor. Yes. And his armor isn't that heavy. Exactly. Um, I've got to be on guard yeah. at all times, you know, and I think sometimes when we're looking through these um, different types, listening to their different things about them, it, that just struck me not being a type eight. Yeah. It's like that is that helps me have grace for a type eight. Yeah. It's almost kind of like they're carrying the weight of the world, if you will, because they are protectors. Mm -hmm. So they probably think, I need to put on this. I need to put up this wall because I'm not only protecting myself, mm -hmm. I'm protecting others. Mm -hmm. So I have to be the strong one. Yeah. I almost see it as that. Like yeah. they have to be the strong one. And I have a few eights in my, li my life and I see that about them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nobody is going to mess with me when they're around. Like, yeah. not at all. Like they take up for me like nobody's business. But sometimes it's hard to get in, too, because they're protecting yeah. themselves. Yep. So it's just such a good visual. I yep. love that. Type 9's core fear is being in conflict, intention, feeling overlooked, and losing connection. Their desire is having inner stability and peace of mind. Core weakness is remaining in unrealistic, idealistic world to keep peace. And they long to hear that their presence matters. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to let them know only Christ can satisfy that core longing. Jesus' death on the cross demonstrated just how important that they are to him. He went to great lengths to have a relationship with you. God is calling you to wake up to yourself, show up, and bless the world with your full presence. You can be confident in the fact that God made you for a specific purpose. Boldly step into your calling, use your passions, opinions, and desires for the glory of God and for the blessing of others and yourself. Enjoy how God made you. Hmm, that's awesome. And as someone who needs to know their presence matters, remind a nine that God, the God of the universe, came as a baby, lived a really hard life, died a brutal death, took on sin, took on our sin, and was buried and rose again all to bring them and the rest of us back to him because he loved them and they mattered that much to him. That's powerful. That's right. That's right. We're talking about all these numbers and how we share with the people that we know in our lives and Enneagram numbers they are. But what if you don't know? You know, you might not know what their Enneagram number is, um, but that's okay because God knows. So don't ever let that stop you from mm -hmm. sharing your faith with someone. You can still share with them. How can we still use the Enneagram to help us connect when we don't know their type? Well, there's some tools that we can use to narrow it down, so to speak. And I wanted to give a couple of those tools today. One, you can try to determine their instinctive center. So that's just what we call the head triad or the heart triad or the gut mm -hmm. thinking, feeling and doing. Mm -hmm. um, so the head 
triad, the thinking, those are five, sixes, and sevens. Mm -hmm. And their emotional struggle is anxiety. That's a common emotional struggle between them. And they also have a common desire, which is security. So if you know that they fall into the head triad or the thinking triad, then you can speak to the anxiety and their desire for security. Mm -hmm. The heart triad is twos, threes, and fours, and they have a shared emotional struggle of shame. Their common desire between them is they desire significant identity. Mm -hmm. And so if you discover that they're in the heart triad or the feeling triad, then this is something you can speak to. The doing triad or the gut triad, their common emotional struggle is anger, and they have a shared desire for justice. And what numbers is that? And the gut triad is eights, nines, and ones. Okay, okay. So another tool you might use to determine is their stance, and that'll help narrow down. Um, Don't try to type them. Several types can have similar behavior, but different motivation, and motivation determines your number. Um, The stances will directly relate to how long they need to process information and how much peopling they can take also. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So ones, twos, and sixes are in the dependent stance or the dutiful stance, and they move toward others to get their needs met. And this usually is externally because it's to others and not inside themselves. They use others to determine a sense of who they are. They live in the present moment and their repressed thinking as well. So let's say I think maybe they're a one, two or six because they always move to others to get their needs met. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily oriented to the past or the future. Mm -hmm. So I can use that stance to help uh, speak to them, even though I don't know which of the three um, I can use that. um, So, for example, Um, If you move toward others to get their needs met, what does Christ say about getting our needs met? Okay. We move toward him. Gotcha. If we use others to determine a sense of who we are, well, we use God to get a sense of who we are. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can use that. Um, The aggressive or assertive stance is three, sevens, and eights, and they move against people to take action to get their needs met. They are future-oriented and their repressed feeling. So we were talking about type eights a little bit Mm -hmm. and how they have to have that armor on and type threes have to be successful and keep moving forward and sevens to get their needs met by experiences. And so when you think about that, a lot of the aggressive stance you can tell because they're future oriented. You may be talking with them right now and they're thinking Mm -hmm. about tomorrow. Yeah. And so that's a way that you can use that. Well, we're not promised tomorrow and God is here with us right now. It doesn't mean that if they think about tomorrow that they're ungodly, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but it's just a way that you can narrow down like, okay, I'm dealing with someone who's future oriented. I don't know yeah. which one. They but... could be planners and you could go, okay, they're falling into this category. Yeah. yeah. Um, fours, fives, and nines make the withdrawing stance and they move away from people and turn inward to find fulfillment and get their needs met. They're past oriented and they're repressed doing. Mm-hmm. So with this stance, the repressed doing um, sometimes can give it away that they're in the withdrawing stance. So... 
this is what we need to do and I've got to clean the house and I've got to take the kids here and I got to do that. But right now what I want to do is just take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a one giveaway that you're talking with someone in the withdrawing yeah. stance. Yeah. And so they use the past to help determine what they do in the future. And with Jesus, he cleanses us from all of our past mm-hmm. exactly. and we can we can go forward with anticipation in what God has for us. So in preparation for the episode, we were discussing some simple ways to share our faith with others. Yeah. I wonder, Kim, if you could share some of these tools to share our faith. Yeah. So whether you know someone's number or not, um, like we said, don't ever be afraid to share your faith. And to me, the number one thing you can do to share your faith is to share your personal testimony. Yeah. Because nobody can argue with you about what God has done in your life. Mm-hmm. You can argue scripture, you can say this and that, and people can say, well, I don't believe this or whatever. But what they cannot ever argue with you about if, it's, if you tell them, look, I have experienced this, God has done this in my life, and I am changed forever. You're telling your story. Who's going to argue with that? Because it's your story. So to me, that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to beat them over the head with the Bible. You need to share your story. Get one on one with them and say, "Look, this is my life's been changed," and, yeah. and tell them what God did. And that's powerful. And there's a scripture that says um, they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. testimony. Yes, that's it. You know. And even if they try to argue, there's no logic. In arguing against someone's experience. I mean, you have no, you have no grounds by which to comment. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, that's, that's the number one thing. And that's what I've done um, to share my faith. And then also, you know, Christian radio is pretty darn amazing, in my opinion. (laughs) I think it is. I agree. It's very, Christian radio, Christian music, it's very non-invasive. You could share a song. I share songs with people a lot that minister to me and speak to me. And even I even put them on social media. And I know there's friends of mine that aren't believers and they're on there and they're maybe they listen to it and it it speaks to them. It comes into places where they are and they feel safe because they could be in their car. They could be in a hospital room. They could be in a prison. They could be at home. And it's a safe way for them to hear the gospel. There's scripture in, in Christian songs. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful tool. You can just share a song. You can share your favorite radio station and say, mm-hmm. hey, tune into this. I heard this. This was really good. And you never know. You let God do the rest. He'll mm-hmm. minister through the music. Yeah. So, and when we, say sta- when we say safe, part of that is, you know, let's say, well, you got to come to church and listen to the pastor. And while that is one way, mm-hmm. you... Well, I have this thing about churches and I have this thing that music, sharing music doesn't do that. Yeah. You can get straight to the person without those walls coming up. Yes. And they know that if they don't want to listen to it, they can just stop it or they can just change it. And so all of those pretenses that they have just kind of fall away. It's a good icebreaker and it will lead into something with more meat. Exactly. And obviously we just talked about this. You can invite them to church. Um, if that's something that, that they would be open to. Surprisingly, I don't even know the statistic, but I've heard this before where people say they would have come if someone had just invited them. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're scared to death that someone's going to say no. Well, you know what? 
you're no farther ahead or behind if you've asked. <laughs> they say no than you were if you didn't ask. So what if you ask and they just, hey, would you like to come to church with me on Sunday? Wouldn't it blow your mind if they were like, yeah, I think I would. Mm-hmm. But then what if you waited and you thought, I could have I could have asked them years ago, you yeah. know? So just ask. You have not because you ask not. Yeah. <laughs> so and just ask know, them. You know, have you ever gone to a church that you don't normally go to, a new church or a different church, whatever, and you just wish you knew somebody there? Yeah. And when somebody asks you, they automatically know someone there. It's a built-in buddy. It is. It's we're buddies. We're yeah. buddies. We're going to sit together and experience this together. You don't feel alone. And you know? I think sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to invade their privacy because the, I want to be respectful of this. It's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Stop it. All we do is give our loaves and fish yeah. and let the Holy Spirit multiply. Yeah. But you can also look at it as you say you don't want to invade their space but don't you love their soul? Yeah. Don't you exactly. care exactly where they, don't you want them to spend eternity with the Lord? So think about it that way. You're not bugging them. You're being a blessing because you're sharing the greatest thing you've mm-hmm. ever received in your entire life mm-hmm. with them. So look at it that way. Um, another simple way to start a conversation is I, mean, I wear Christian t-shirts all the time. Yeah. Whether they're Christian band t-shirts and mm-hmm. they might ask, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Or there's, I have one that says no other name. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's no other name above Jesus. People ask you questions when you wear shirts. If I pay attention to different things like that, there could be a symbol on their shirt or something. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so you never know by wearing your logo type clothing, if that will speak to someone. Also, um, Ben, you had mentioned, we talked before the podcast about the color bracelet. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So um, a color bracelet is where you just use colors on, you know, different colored beads on a bracelet to tell a story. Okay. So um, there are the colors. So you can find different versions of this. uh, But the one I like has these colors, um, black, red, white, blue, green, yellow. Okay. And so when you're looking and, and maybe you're like, well, what's the best way to share my faith? This helps you also. You can just look down at your bracelet and okay, the first one's black. Well, black represents sin. And Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we know that we were born in sin. And then the red comes next. Well, red is blood. Okay. And through Jesus' death on the cross, he washed away all of our sins. He paid Mm. the debt for us. Yeah. And the next one is white, which we are forgiven. Mm. We're clean. We're pure. You know, you think think snow. Yes. If some little tiny thing gets in the snow, she dirty. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but new fallen snow is what is pure it's fresh yeah um so um that's how we are after christ forgives our sins blue is baptism and acts 241 says those who accepted his message were baptized baptism is an outward expression of an inward work mm. so it's like saying okay everybody this is what christ did for me yep and the next is green which you think green growth. Um, and so we grow in his grace and knowledge. Um, and the last one is yellow and yellow. Think heaven, gold, heaven. Yeah. And that is 
eternal life in Christ. That's so awesome. if you just look at the colors, you think, okay, black, what part of, I can't remember what order it is. Well, it's in order on your bracelet. There you go. <laughs> and black is sin, red is blood. Yeah. You know, white is clean, blue is water. Green is growth, yellow is heaven. Yeah. So I think it's a good reminder for us too. You're looking down as at your wrist as you're walking along, and you're like, "Look what look what the Lord did for me." Mm-hmm. And I mean, most likely people will say, "Oh, what is that? Is that a family? What is that you're wearing? What what does that mm-hmm. mean?" What a great conversation yeah. starter. Yeah. Um, I was I received a bracelet at a conference one time, and it was a picture bracelet, and it has it has an, an, a down arrow across, and then it looks like a little um, half circle or half half moon if you will half circle and then it has an up arrow and a down arrow again and if people say what does this mean well the down arrow means that god came down to the earth to live among us as a man in the form of jesus and then the cross represents that he died on the cross and then the little half circle says he was buried for three days in the grave and then the up arrow says he rose from the grave and ascended to heaven and then the down arrow again means he's coming back for yeah, us yeah because some people might look at that and go what are what's the arrows and the crosses and yeah. be like oh let me let me tell you and it's a simple little gospel story and you never know people might look at you like you have three heads so mm-hmm. what you've shared they asked yeah. hey they asked and you shared well and another thing is it's a conversation starter but it's also when you find yourself in a situation where you feel the Holy Spirit is prompting you to share the story, mm-hmm. it reminds you of what to say. Yeah, because you might get a little nervous, like tongue-tied, oh my goodness, but I remember what that means. I remember what the colors mean, or I yep. remember what the arrows mean. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good thing. And then sometimes, you know, just loving people where they are and, and meeting a need, sometimes providing for their basic needs. Yeah. Somebody might need food and a meal. And you could provide that for them and show the love of Jesus. And maybe yeah. maybe you say when you give it to him, God loves you and can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I mm-hmm. say that all the time. And they're like, okay, whatever. You might know this, this, and this, but you need to show me. Yeah. Show me that you love me. It's really funny. It's not funny. It's pretty cool when you're talking about, for example, someone's hungry. Yeah. Well, I want to hear what you have to say, or maybe I don't know yet if I want to hear what you have to say, because my belly's hungry. Yeah, and you're distracted. You're distracted, yeah. and but when you give, when you feed someone that's hungry, mm-hmm. then people are like, okay, maybe I need to listen to what this person has to say. What yeah. makes them different in the fact that they saw my need and they met it? Yeah. Why are they being kind to me? Yeah. You know, I think... We represent Jesus in the best possible way, you know, when we do these types of things. Also, represent him well. Don't be a jerk. I I don't know how else to say it. We as believers, I feel like, are held to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful of our actions because people are always watching us. Mm -hmm. They watch you a lot more when they think, oh, there's one of those Christian people. Well, what are your actions going to show them? Mm -hmm. Are you going to show them that the love of Christ? (laughs) Are you Mm going to show them a very... A fleshy side of yourself, yep. you know, yep. keep that in mind. You are the face of Jesus to the world. Like we are his representatives and people are always watching. And we're supposed to speak the truth in love and the, the gospel is truth. Yeah. In love, we need to make sure that our delivery yeah. is very clear that it's coming across in a loving way. So the Bible is a two-edged sword. So it does, it does go against sin. Yeah. But if you just give... Guess what? You're going to burn if you don't repent. <laughs> I that don't, makes me feel all warm I'm and fuzzy. I'm <laughs> not feeling the love there. And so 
do I want to be a part of a religion yeah. that is just going to tell people they're going to burn if they don't, yeah. you know, that's fire insurance. That's not a relationship. Yeah. And I, and I love that, that you just said religion and relationship, because that's two completely different things. Yeah. Religion is like, it makes me think of the Pharisees in the Bible. It's, it's our law and we, you have to do this, this, and this, but it's really all about a relationship with Jesus. And when you love him that way and have that relationship, it changes who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not about all the strict guidelines you follow, yeah. though as believers we are we are yeah. to do things that the Lord tells us to do. Yeah. It's mainly about the relationship and he needs to know your heart. Well, the Pharisees, they followed the strict rules. They did. But they didn't have the relationship. <laughs> yeah, they knew the scripture, but Satan knows the scripture too. And so then Jesus turned the tables. <laughs> he did, he did. So just don't don't be judgmental. And I am preaching to myself here. I have judged far more than I should have in my lifetime. And it doesn't help anybody. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus was a friend to sinners. And that doesn't mean we have to join in the activities they do. But we do need to love them despite that. And remember, we're not perfect either. We might right. not, we, I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of this myself, we categorize sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I did this, but they did that. And mm-hmm. that's way worse. So mm-hmm. I'm a better person than they are. Mm, are you really? You know, I don't think Jesus looks at it that way. I think he looks at sin as sin. Yeah. We think that there's a moral high ground Yeah, that we can speak from. Yeah. No, no, no. no. We're all in this boat of life together yep. and all have sinned yep. and Amen. come short. God's the one on the throne, you know, and I I love this. I heard this recently from someone that no one has ever been argued into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. (laughs) I, I, I hate to bring it up again, but I see it on social media. You have people arguing back and forth about biblical things or whatever. And I'm thinking, how are you supposed to win them to Jesus? Well, let me show you all the things that you're doing wrong. How is that the love of Jesus? Mm-hmm. We can't argue them into the kingdom. We need to love them into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at it a little bit differently. Um, another thing is one of the best ways to share your faith is just to demonstrate the very things you believe by staying positive, having a good attitude, even in the middle of, of a crisis in your life. Like I said earlier, people are always watching and our actions speak louder than words. I've seen people that have gone through horrendous tragedies in their lives or sickness And I've seen the love of God come out of every pore of their body. And I'm thinking, how can they be joyful right now with what they're walking through? And I'm like, they Mm -hmm. physically can't, but God can. And when you, when people watch that, someone walking through that, they're like, well, what is it that's making them joyful when they're, when they're in a, when they're in a horrible place? I love that you use the word joyful because when we are in mourning and in grief, we're not happy. Yeah. You know, but we can have joy. Yeah. And I was thinking about uh, being positive and having a good attitude. That's joy. Mm -hmm. It's not just saying, oh, pretend like nothing's ever happened and be (laughs) inauthentic. This is saying, yes, this is what's happening, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And that is is where it's at. Um, Lastly, I would just say, pray for God to open a door. You might not know the person's Enneagram number. You might not know tons about them, but ask God to, uh, to open a door. And I read recently that sometimes in our eagerness to be a witness for Christ, we often rush ahead of God and we may see what looks like an open door to share the gospel. But if we jump in without devoting time in prayer, our efforts may be futile or even counterproductive. Mm-hmm. That's not to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a little scared right now. Apparently I'm not supposed to share my faith. Not saying that, but pray because 
there might be something that God's doing in that person's life or trying to reach them that if you seek the Lord, he might tell you, hey, this is what I'm doing. So he gives you insight. So then you're like, oh, well, now I maybe I share this way or that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think we just need to pray. God, I want to reach this person. I really want them to come to know you. But what's the best way? What how can I show them love to draw them to you? Mm -hmm. So just seek the Lord in all of that. Remember, you know, like I said, you can't make someone come to Jesus uh, or change their heart. Only God can do that. Your mm -hmm. job is to love them like Jesus and plant a seed and let God do the work. Yeah, and I think that's where we get some of the anxiety we feel about sharing our faith. We take ownership of the whole thing. We just need to do our part. And you said plant this and yeah. plant the seed and God will do the work. Yeah. You know, we do our part and the rest is up to God. Yeah, it is. It is. We, we're just so glad that you joined us today. And we really do hope that this information was helpful to get you started on the journey of sharing your faith. And um, just be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you don't want to miss an episode. As, as always, we'd love to hear your questions. If you want to send us questions, we might put them in another episode. And if you want to learn more about what type you are, please refer to our episode two of our podcast. God bless you. and We look forward to seeing you next time.